Welcome to Newest, Latest, Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Saturday, November 25th, 2017. We've been talking a lot in recent weeks about the controversy surrounding Star Wars Battlefront 2 and the loot box system and how that has impacted gamers, the outcry, the resulting reaction from EA and DICE. But it turns out that Star Wars Battlefront 2 does not have a monopoly on controversy in the multiplayer first-person shooter space. In fact, some very interesting, very alarming data came out just yesterday about Destiny 2 and how Bungie was limiting XP gains after level 20. This is a very fascinating bit of investigation that happened among some Redditors. Reddit, turns out, uh, in the video game space at least, the uh, bastion of uh, detailed investigative reporting. So some people were noticing that after level 20, the amount of XP the game was reporting you earn didn't seem to correspond to how much XP your XP bar would gain. They told you you gained a whole bunch of XP, but your XP bar would only go up a very, very tiny amount, not the same amount you would get on the road to level 20 and a lot of users players were surprised at this didn't quite understand it and tried to test it and in fact a reddit user energizer x ran some really rigorous tests and got this down to a mathematical certainty that up to 95 percent of the xp that you gained in short bursts was not calculated into your actual experience bar. So you were ostensibly wasting your time. You were wasting effort trying to level up. Now, you're already at level cap at level 20, right? Well, why is this important? Well, it's important, as Destiny 2 players know, that after level 20, the way you get bright engrams, which are effectively loot chests, without buying them, is to get a new level up. And so Bungie was making this hard. It was making this slow and, in effect, incentivizing people to buy loot chests rather than earn them. If earning them was glacially slow and frustratingly inefficient, the easy way, the quick way, the shortcut way is buy loot chests and so a lot of users reacted very negatively to this information and it's true it really is true they had a system in place where you would not get the xp that you gained what energizer x determined and irrefutably so was that there was a hidden algorithm that reduced the amount of xp you earned the quicker you earn it and the more you have 
banked. So even when they weren't grinding specifically for XP, even when they weren't trying to compress as much experience point earning in, as they could into a, a tight period of time, they were still earning less than half of the XP that they should have been earning. And when they were really grinding for XP, it would scale up to the point where you were really only earning 4% of the XP you should. Public events will only ever earn you 50% of what they say they give you. And at the end of the event, XP alone is enough to trigger a 50% scaling factor. Crazy. And this is all happening behind the scenes. The game is reporting to you that you are earning an amount of XP, but in effect, not actually giving it to you, which is so bizarre. Why not just tell you the correct amount? Why not just report the lesser number if that's what Bungie effectively wants to do? It's very duplicitous. It's very misleading. And the lying is the worst part, right? The game is lying to you. It wouldn't even be that big of a deal if they said, hey, once you hit level 20, we're going to pull back on the XP you gain. I think people would be able to swallow that. They may complain, but ultimately the game reporting the wrong numbers to you just feels so misleading and weird. Well, as a result of this brouhaha on Reddit, Bungie released a statement that they actually have turned off this algorithm. Their statement says, currently XP will scale up when playing longer or fixed duration activities like Crucible competitive multiplayer matches and the Leviathan raid. And XP will scale down when playing activities that can be quickly, repeatedly chained like grinding public events. Then they said, we are not happy with the results and we've heard the same from the community. Effective immediately, we are deactivating this system. As a result... Players will see XP earn rates change for all activities across the board, but with all values being displayed consistently in the user interface. Over the course of the next week, we'll be watching and reviewing XP game data to ensure that these changes meet our expectations as well as yours. So they cop to the fact that this system exists, but that is such a bizarre statement. They're saying we're not happy with the results as if, we didn't want this to be in the game, but that's so weird that the game is like that. Uh, you made it like that. There's no explanation of why. Ultimately, you can, I suppose, infer that Blizzard didn't want people to grind XP in very exploitable ways. They thought public events could be used to just grind and burn through bright engrams. They didn't want that to happen, and so they built in this weird trap on the back end that they didn't tell anybody about. But then they present it like, hey, that's so weird. We don't like it. Neither do you. Let's just yank it out. Don't explain why and kind of don't even cop to the fact that they did it. They just sort of express it like it's this weird thing that they discovered alongside the players. Very curious what you guys think about this. Uh, again, it's one of those things, like most things, where... The lying, the cover-up, so to speak, is worse than the crime. They didn't really do anything particularly wrong. They just, the fact that they didn't present it to the player is the thing that feels so gross. Especially in the context lately that we have with loot boxes and the feeling 
that a lot of gamers have where they're just being exploited for extra dollars. This does have that taint on it. Yes, I said taint. So what do you guys think? Bad move? Good that they yanked it out? What is going on here? A while back, I answered a question about mobile games and acknowledged the fact that I don't really have my finger on the pulse of mobile, that I find a few games that suck me in and I tend to play obsessively, but I don't really have a sense of what's great in the mobile space. And I asked you guys to suggest great mobile games. I got some great responses, so I thought I'd play a few of them here. The first one comes from Gary. Hey Jeff, it's Gary calling from Framerate, and I wanted to talk about uh, a call-in you got from Q the Nurse about uh, mobile games. He had a bunch of other questions, but uh, you were talking about, you mentioned a few games you played, and you said board games. I definitely agree with that. Board games are super fun on mobile. Uh, but I wanted to, to chime in and say two games you mentioned, Card Thief and then the other Potion one uh, by the same artist. Uh, I had a lot of fun for a few months playing Card Thief after you mentioned it, so I would I would tip him off that one. And then a game I've been playing lately is the new South Park Phone Destroyer game. And it's really funny because I got uh, uh, the Fractured But Whole when it came out a couple weeks ago. And with that, Stick of Truth uh, came with it, and I, I never played it, so I just beat Stick of Truth. Took, sunk about 15 hours into it. And I've been playing Fractured But Whole, but honestly, Phone Destroyer is pretty fun. It's a good game, too, so I recommend it. Awesome, Gary. Thanks for the call-in. Phone Destroyer. I didn't even know about that, to be honest with you. I'm a South Park fan, so I'll have to check out South Park Phone Destroyer. Next up, we got a call-in from Dylan, who's got a suggestion of a game I do know about. Hey Jeff, this is Dylan from Oregon, and uh, in your episode on the 15th, you had a guy call in about mobile games, and you said you were open to suggestions, so I have a suggestion for you. It's called Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery, and uh, although the name makes it sound something like Final Fantasy-esque, it's it's not. It's a single-player game, it's not online, but uh, it was released in 2011, so it's a little bit old, but it's it's just probably the most interesting use of touch controls I've ever seen in a game. And uh, if you're looking for something to play on mobile that's got a good story and just interesting, quirky humor, Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery is a really good choice. Great suggestion, Dylan. Totally agree. I never think of Super Brothers Sword and Sorcery uh, when I'm talking about mobile games because it's also been released on Steam and it doesn't... I did play it on mobile, but again, I played it back in 2011 when it first came out, so it's kind of off my radar, but it... It's a phenomenal game, as you said. What a great art style. What, a, what an amazing sense of adventure. Really clever mobile control scheme. It's Capybara games. These guys are great. And really, Sword and Sorcery is one of the games that put them on the map. And they're currently working on Below, which is one of the, my most anticipated indie games. Hopefully, will come out next year. We're supposed to come out this year. Hopefully, will come out in 2018. Uh, but... Yeah, Super Brother Sword and Sorcery, amazing. Great soundtrack by Jim Guthrie. Just a an incredible experience full of, of surprises and mystery and exploration and really interesting combat. Couldn't recommend it higher. Next up is friend of the show, Danish, 
with a game that I am downloading immediately because this just sounds incredible. Hey, Jeff, this is Danish. You put a call out for mobile games. I don't really play a lot of them, but one recently really jumped out and hooked me. It's called I Love Hue, H-U-E, Hue. It's basically a color puzzle game. The way it works is you're given a gradient between multiple colors. Like, for example, the top left of your screen would be pink, the bottom right of the screen would be blue, and then all in between is a gradual transition between those two colors. And it's divided into tiles, so it kind of looks like a swatch at a paint store. Those tiles get jumbled, and it's up to you to sort of swap them and um, slide them around to get back into that original uh, spectrum kind of transition. It's really relaxing, it's really soothing, it's very addicting. It sounds simple, and it really is, but it can get tricky because you're dealing with like color theory and optical illusions because colors look different depending on what's around them. It's super awesome. I couldn't recommend it higher. I love Hue.